Hey everyone, this is Marissa Phillips from Y'all Heard, and um, hey everybody, rate us on iTunes, five stars is a charm, and why not leave us a voicemail, 570-POD-1, doesn't matter what you say in your voicemail, we promise we'll appreciate it, we don't get many, thank you. And me, Pete Phillips, you know, meet up each week. We, we Normally, we each try to tell you about something that we've learned along the way in our lives and share it with you so that, you know, you can share it with other people. And, like, you know, we can sort of, like, ripple out knowledge and fill the world with people knowing interesting things. Except this week, we're only doing one. Oh, true. Sorry. It took me a minute to understand what you just said. <laughs> In other words, let's say that you need to know. You need to know. And we're not related. No, and, <laughs> and we're not related. Pete, how's your day? We. Um. So how's your in day the last. Week? In the last episode, uh, which we're both recorded, we're recording both of them on the same day. But in the last episode, I was talking about the negative feelings that I had in my life this week. Um, but I did have a positive thing that happened to me in the past week as well. And it's a weird positive thing, but I'm going to tell you about it anyway. Okay. This is following Marissa's philosophy that we are sharing a show with our friends. Oh, yes, we are. <laughs> on we Sunday, are. On sa- this is the, the first part is me, to a T. On Saturday morning, I woke up, I put on my clothes to go to the gym, I pulled into the gym parking lot, and there were no parking spaces, and I immediately pulled out of the parking lot and went home. Peace. On Sunday. <laughs> oh, peace. <laughs> on Sunday, I went back to the gym, okay? Now, this is not a story where some creepy guy, like, has the hots for some lady at the gym. So I need to give you the whole story. I'm at the gym, and this these two people come in, okay? And for some reason, I'm immediately drawn to one of these ladies right off the bat. But here's the thing. They didn't come to the gym to work out. They came to sit in the building and use the Wi-Fi for free, okay? Oh, I don't like that. Also, do you not need to have a thing? Just no, to- you have to be a member. So it's an older woman and then, like, a, a woman who I'm going to say is, like, my age. And I think that the older woman is her mom. So I've seen the mom there before, but I've never seen the lady there before. And <laughs> I was just like, this lady looks interesting. And she looked interesting because her hair looked like it was from the 70s. Not like the 70s, like, styled from the 70s, but just, like, how hair was bigger and just sort okay. of, like, a little unrulier in the 70s. Okay. And then she takes her jacket off and she's got this dope-ass sweater on. And I'm like, I like this sweater. It's like like a fluorescent green slash yellow along it's the dope, top. dope and then and then it's got and then it's like gray and i'm like i like this lady's style and she had these cool shoes and she was wearing these like faded jeans and stuff and that was it i was just like i like that lady now i know what you're saying you're saying pete you saw somebody that you were attracted to what's the big deal that doesn't happen a lot (laughs) lately it it doesn't happen a lot but at the same time you have weird things that make you dress people (laughs) yeah i know like, she said hello to me. I am in love. 
No, no, you're making me sound like a misconnection. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just told you about a lady that I fell in love with because of her style. You're right, you're right. I was just thinking of, of other times when you're like, she put ham on my sandwich. That's I different. Love. That's different than she said hi to me. <laughs> okay. And I like that. Turkey, I like you okay? like for their style. It sounds fun. How's your week, Marissa? I get tired of hearing about the Mandela effect and everyone thinking there's a movie called Shazam or Kazam starring Sinbad. You're aware of that, right? Of course. Yeah. And the Baron Stang Bears. But something came out of nowhere. And I wasn't ready for it. I wasn't even looking for it. I think I was just like on Instagram and it popped up. Pete, describe the Fruit of the Loom uh, logo to me without looking it up. What do you, what, what, what do you? Fine, don't, don't. There's an orange, there's an apple, there's some grapes. I don't mean that, just, just very simply. Like fruit, is there there anything else? Maybe some leaves? Okay, so you think it's fruit and leaves, the end. And it says fruit of the loom. You good? Yeah, I'm good. I distinctly remember. Maybe not now, like logos change, but I distinctly remember when I was young, at least, there was a bunch of fruit. In a cornucopia. And a whole bunch of other people also think there was a cornucopia. But alas, there is no cornucopia, piece. No, there's not. There is no cornucopia. And it's really weird. And I've been Mandela'd. Just imagine that, like, being stamped on the screen. <laughs> Mandela'd. Boom. <laughs> so, it's kind of messing with my reality a little bit. That's it. It's my week. Speaking of messing with your reality a bit, ah, oh, crap, we gotta do an icebreaker first. No, we don't have to. Just go into the thing if you feel it. Icebreaker. You got one? I'm gonna steal something from. I hate it so much, but I wanna steal see if it. you even know what it says. Steal it. Let's steal I have everything to go, and steal it. I had to go to a Toastmasters meeting today at work, which a is where to- people a- practice Toastmasters. Okay. Where people practice... There's public speaking. Thank God. Because, by the way, my boss had a birthday recently. Is that related to... Yeah, because they made me clink glasses with them. Oh! (laughs) Go back to our very early episodes to find out how we feel about that. Okay, sorry, I got confused. (laughs) I got it now. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, are we really going to do this? But here's the thing, just a slight difference. He and I both had glasses of beers, so at least it made a clinking noise. It wasn't (laughs) plastic cups like it normally (laughs) is. Yeah, yeah. And by the way, he only got a beer because I got a beer. And I only got a beer because I hate my job. (laughs) Your job is miserable. Toastmaster. Aren't safe. Okay. So they use one of these questions. They do this thing at the end where people volunteer and they have to do like one-minute speeches. So I thought this was the worst question ever. So I'm going to ask you. Right. Ready. Do I have to do a minute speech? No, no, no. Just you. It doesn't have to be a minute. Just respond to this. If you had a friend that spoke to you the way you speak to yourself, how long would they be your friends? How long have I been friends with James? <laughs> Does he really speak to you the way you speak to yourself? <laughs> no, he's more supportive than I am most of the time. I guess the question is, how do you speak to yourself? Like, what not are very, the not very well. What I try to do <laughs> is I, I don't know how to say this properly, but like, I wish that I spoke to myself the way that I speak to you 
because okay. I try to be a supportive friend to you. Yes, you're And, like, friend. I try to sort of, like, think of both sides of the story, like, kind of, like, keep an open mind, that sort of stuff. Yeah. But I don't know. I spend most of my day berating myself for being stupid. Um, and then if I'm not berating myself for being stupid, I'm berating myself for berating myself for being <laughs> stupid. <laughs> well, yeah, so I guess then the question that goes with that is how long of a time would you have a friend around like that? You know, the truth is... I would probably be friends with them for a really long time, but I probably wouldn't hang out with them very often. Like, I would be, like, distant friends. I also have a friend like that. But I probably wouldn't be, like, I don't know. I don't know if I would. On a different day, though, I might be like, no, I would never be friends with that person. Okay. I'd murder them in their sleep. (laughs) I want to say that the person who answered that, who I like, let's just let them know that I like them, they were like, I would hope forever because I uplift myself and blah, blah, blah. It was very unexpected. I, I feel like there's like nothing but falsehood in that answer. <laughs> I don't know. He's a very Except interesting I'm person. currently at odds with someone who is extremely overconfident. <laughs> and so maybe I'm just projecting onto that person. Who is that? Nothing. Okay, cool. That person is nothing. <laughs> That's okay. not what I meant, but okay. Okay. How about you, Marissa? How long would you be friends with your inner voice? I was going to say I wouldn't very long, but I realized we're very similar. And I'd probably, if they wanted to be friends with me, I probably wouldn't have it in me. I've only broken off a friendship once. It was multiple people. But it was because they were all racist. (laughs) By the way, guys, just a note. Marissa has gone through the act of cutting off friendships with people, but... She's saying she only recognizes that she, like, sometimes she'll disappear and stop talking to people for a long time. And I think this is a really good tactic if you're trying to keep friends, because when she reappears, anybody who's left behind gets to stay on the list. (laughs) Yeah, I gotta say, Mike Dominic, if you are listening right now, I had an issue, guys. I had a mental health issue for a while where all those racist people needed to leave my life, and I didn't have the balls to tell them. So I just fell off the place of the earth, off the place of the earth, off of the face of the earth, because I was so upset, and I was so fucked up from a bunch of quote-unquote friends that one of them called me a spick and brown friend number one. Do I have to edit that out? It feels offensive, but it, it's supposed but to be, But it's right? something someone said to me, so yeah. let's keep that, please. <laughs> uh, and another one would make me feel ugly, and another one... That being said, Mike Dominic, I fell off the face of the earth. I feel like for over a year he kept calling me. And I didn't not pick up the phone because I didn't want to talk to him. I just was so messed up. And then it became that point where, like, you avoided them so long. that what could you possibly say was your excuse? So you're so humiliated. But then you're like, no. I'm just, I hope this is me salvaged because they're so great of a friend. And we are still friends to this day for a very long time we talked to each other every two weeks we tried okay anyway so my point is i would not want to be but may i be friends with them for a while and then i would fall off the face of the earth (laughs) (laughs) so yeah Yeah. um speaking of falling off the face of the earth i could still make it work all right i'm gonna talk to you about ghosts today goats 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 so did you say goats no, goats. You didn't say goats. Did goats, did you? No, he did not say goats. Okay. Goats. Goats. We'll play it back and we'll slow it down. <laughs> okay. So listen, guys. 
a few episodes ago, Marissa and I recorded in the same place. Marissa came up to Wilkesbury and for like some birthday festivities. And before she got here, I wanted to do something like when we did the Philadelphia episode. I went to visit her in Philadelphia, and then we did the Philadelphia episode. So I was like, let's see, what can I do around here, you know, that would be fun and and everything like that. So I started looking up. Sorry? (laughs) Nothing. Okay, sure. (laughs) What can I do? And that's it. All right, I like it. What can I do? What can I do? Yeah, what can I do? Yeah, um, yeah, it's fun. It's catchy, it's catchy. Yeah, right? So, <laughs> I thought it would be cool to come up with a topic, like, based in the area, and we could do some, like, on-site recording. Not, like, investigating or anything like that, but again, like our Philadelphia episode. Oh, now I know what you're going to do. Okay. So, I found this house that is less than five miles away in a neighborhood that I've actually accidentally walked through once or twice, and this house is allegedly haunted. Unfortunately, for the show and us, we were drunk for some of the time, and then we we weren't drunk, it was snowing. And there was a brief overlap where it was snowing and we were drunk. And boy, (laughs) was I drunk. So we didn't get the opportunity to actually head out to this location. Four hours. I just wanted to talk. Four hours. Four hours, yes. Not number four. The earliest Marissa's ever gone to bed. Oh, really? What was it, like 10 or something? It was about 11, yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay, continue. I'm sorry. (laughs) This house is 46 South Wells Street, and it's in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. And it looks like many other houses in the city that I live in. It's boarded up and it's abandoned. Ooh. (laughs) Right, that's not haunted. But um, there's this creepy history associated with the house, which includes a popularly told tale. Okay, now I know what you mean, Marissa. Popular to who? Popular to people who care about the house. People keep perpetuating this one story about a guy who died in a barn fire. Can I interrupt you very quickly since you took a whatever you just did? In Korea, it appeared that everyone I knew that knew English was taught that famous means popular. (laughs) They would say everything was famous. Oh, I like that. It led to a lot of confusion. Do you like my shoes? They're famous. They were just like, I'm going to take you to this famous restaurant. And I'll be like, this cool. Famous. Continue. So many people Sorry. here. <laughs> so there's this story about a guy. There was a barn fire, and one of the horses died. And when the horse died, it fell on the guy. And Ew. the guy died because he was stuck under a horse. And because Marissa hates horses so much, I thought I would tell that story very quickly. They're so muscular. The thing is, that guy and that incident didn't happen in Wilkesbury, but people associate it with the house, and I'll get to why in a bit. Others talk about Augustus C. Lanning, who had the house built in 1860. He was an industry man who was manufacturing iron castings. If you know what iron castings are, call us up at 570-PODWOD1. Can you say his name in a voice that better fits? Better fits. Augustus? Oh, 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 okay. So others talk about mm, Augustus C. Lanning. Okay, I like it. No, that wasn't good enough, but thanks for letting me go. Augustus. Augustus C. Lanning. They say that once he had the house built, 
his businesses all started to go to hell. His factory burned down and his barn burned down. That's what happened. It was his barn, but it was actually way outside the city. This is allegedly the guy who dies in the fire is his nephew. And so people associate the misfortune of the family to the house. So Lanning sells the house in 1869, nine years later. But he sticks around in the area. He actually serves as the 18th mayor of Wilkes-Barre. And he gives a lot of money, ironically, to the fire department. And he helps them buy their first steam fire engine. Some say he blamed his misfortune in his business and his personal life on the house being cursed. And when he moved away, he sort of got this second wind of success by becoming the mayor and, and everything like that. At any rate, it turned into a rental property after that. There were are four total deaths and two suicides on the premises, and it's 160 years. So that's six total deaths. Can't find the details. Um, However, let me say this. If you've ever been through Wilkes-Barre, you may be surprised that there have only been two suicides in the house. (laughs) There is also a report of a man who is just walking in front of the house and dropped dead. (laughs) Ooh, that's creepy. That, That one does sound like, yeah, like a creepy haunting type of thing. So in the 1970s, the story about this house being haunted really picks up steam. In local newspaper, the Times Leader, on Wednesday, October 21st of 1978, which is seven days before my sister was born, they published an article profiling the house, sort of. They, They withheld the homeowner's name, but it's only withheld in this one article. Every other article about it tells us who they are. Based on the timing of accounts and everything like that, it reveals that the family is the Bennett family, who left their home earlier in the year, in 1978, with whatever they could carry, and they never returned. The husband-slash-father <laughs> took to drinking and smoking constantly in an effort to work through the predicament he found himself in with his family. He reported blood coming from the walls, nightly visions from a well-dressed phantom who disappeared before their eyes and seeing the ghost of a young girl walk through doors, as well as shrieks, moans, and crying. This is the cooler one. One of his daughters fell down the stairs, but mysteriously at the bottom, she sort of like floated in the air and landed on her feet unhurt. (laughs) Pretty nice ghost. That's fun. They carried the debt of the home with them when they vacated, never to return. Eventually, the house goes into sheriff sale, which means you're not paying the taxes on the land. And so the sheriff comes in and claims it, and then they auction the house off. Okay. Um, but before that, paranormal investigators Ed and Lorraine Warren. Ooh, I love them. Famed for their investigation of the Amityville Horror House uh, in right. New York. And Sorry. featured, yeah, featured in what movies? The Conjuring and... And Annabelle and all those, yeah. So, they toured the Wells property in March of 1980. Quote, I sense terrible despair. The effect on people who lived in this house is very, very negative, Lorraine Warren said. They have this very dramatic picture over in the newspaper. It's, it's, it's fun. A few years later, after 80, this is 1982, the house is up for sheriff sale again. Catherine Watkins buys it at the age of 40. She died in 2012. And the only reports of paranormal activity from her come by way of her friend and neighbor, Betsy Summers, who claimed the Watkins family experienced shaking beds and the TV shutting off. No, even no, it was to I don't believe Betty. <laughs> no. It should be noted, by the way, that Betsy still lives across the street at 47 Wells, and she is, they keep throwing on the title property manager. <laughs> okay. 
the whole reason I'm bringing any of this up is because of a snow day that recently happened, which sort of got my wheels turning on a couple of things. And I discovered that in 2014, Ghost Hunter Tim Wood, who apparently did some of the Ghost Hunter live events on the Sci-Fi Channel, uh, he bought the property. He got a great deal, by the way. It was $28,000. $28,000 for a house is stupid. What always seems so weird about this house is that every time you see a picture of the inside of the house, whether it be in these Ghost Hunter videos or photos online from you know people who investigated the property, there's always stuff in the house. It looks like it's lived in. There's like <laughs> china cabinets and there's you know uh, fans and record players and photo albums. There's a whole dining set and uh, uh, you know mouthwash in the bathroom. Like the house looks like it's for all intents and purposes lived in. I find that kind of weird. But, you know, whatever. But basically, Tim Wood never wanted to live in the house. He didn't intend to relocate from California to Wilkes-Barre. Why would you? Uh, So according to at least one account, technically, the Wells house is lived in, not just by ghosts, too. When Catherine died, she (laughs) arranged with Betsy Summers across the street that Betsy would come in and feed her cats every day, and until the house sold, her cats would live in the house. And when Tim bought the house, the cats could stay. (laughs) Okay. So there is a house here in Wilkes-Barre that is currently inhabited by two cats. (laughs) Okay. And they come and go as they please. How nice. So anyway, he buys this house because he's going to cash in. He's going to do some paranormal investigation, uh, and he did. There's a four-hour video on YouTube, a recording of his live stream, where he works through a number of ghost detection methods, and that is a sort of roundabout way that I wanted to get to some of those methods, but I'm not really going to go into a ton of detail. I'm mostly trying to focus on the Wells house here. The first thing is a spirit box or a ghost box. Have you ever heard of one of these, Marissa? Sounds familiar, but I don't remember what that is, no. Evidently, this is like, so when I was much younger, like when Ghost Hunters first started, I watched a few, like a few episodes here and there, like there was nothing else on TV on, I don't know, like Wednesdays or whatever. So I would watch it, but I was also like a stupid sci-fi channel head. Um, I watched everything horrible that the sci-fi channel put on. Channel head. And the thing that was always frustrating about Ghost Hunters is they never came up with any anything conclusive. So after a while, I was like, this is dumb. I'm just watching people in, in that, you know, green yeah, uh, yeah. night vision night vision video. And I'm just like, oh, this is boring. Back then, when they would collect EVPs, they would have a machine and they would just collect sound. And then when they played the sound back later, the frequencies would sort of like come through in a different way. And you'd be able to detect things that the naked eye couldn't hear in that moment. Evidently, okay. that's not the way that EVPs work anymore. Uh, some people still employ that method, but other people use a spirit box or a ghost box. Okay. The reason that I decided to check this out is because on a snow day a couple of weeks ago, I fell for a docu-series on Amazon Prime called Hellier. I watched all five hours of it. Hellier? <laughs> it a, H-E-L-L-I-E-R. Yeah, it's the name of okay. a place in Kentucky. Like, oh, they mean like... More hell. Yeah. It's it's hell hellier yeah. than the other hell. <laughs> yeah. At the end, I was only a little disappointed, which isn't so bad for a, do- a supernatural docuseries because, you know, there's very little chance they're going to come up with conclusive evidence of something. Yeah. It was a fun experience. And, like, I, I wasn't as disappointed as I usually am in paranormal documentaries. 
So that actually is kind of a plug. So, But one thing I learned is that there's a guy in this particular group who uses a spirit box. And what he does is he takes the spirit box, which is an audio machine. He plugs headphones into it. He puts the headphones on. He puts on a blindfold. He tries to dull all of his other senses. And then he listens to this device, and he says words that he hears through the device. And the the other investigators around sort of listen to these words and try to interpret what they mean. They ask questions to the air, you know, to the spirits. And yeah. this guy's, the words that he says are perceived to be the answers to those questions. Okay. What it actually, so when Tim Wood investigates the Wells house, he doesn't use headphones. So now I'm going to tell you exactly what the spirit box does. Okay. <laughs> what a spirit box is designed to do is to pick up frequencies in the air. If you think about ghosts being energy, that sort of thing, you should be able to detect them in some way, shape or form uh, okay. with any number of different you know, machines or something like that. So what a, what a spirit box does is it cycles through all of the FM signals it can pick up at a very rapid pace. Okay. The person listening to it will pick up certain words here and there, and it will they will say, like, these are the words that the spirit is trying to communicate. So in this documentary, Hellier, they're in a very remote town in Kentucky where you can't pick up any radio stations. And so they're just hearing cycling of static, but this guy still picks up noises. Or, or words, I should say, once okay. in a while. That's okay. compelling. Tim Wood <laughs> did it right here in Wilkesbury, and he's just picking up like all the local radio stations. <laughs> oh. And as it's cycling through, you can hear words because there are people singing and saying words on all the different radio stations. That's hilarious. So I wasn't really buying it, but at the same time, it was kind of, you know, it was definitely compelling and hellier. And I think depending on how you use it, it might be a pretty cool tool to use. But that was new to me. Y'all heard about spirit boxes. Second thing I wanted to talk about is the Ouija board, which Marissa did a whole episode on, I think, back around Halloween. Now, the group at the Wells house used the Ouija board but I had a bit of a beef with the way that they use it because they had two people facing each other and they put the Ouija board on their lap. Mm, that of, nobody in the world does that. <laughs> instead of just putting it on a table. By the way, they were sitting right next to a table. <laughs> nobody in the entire world does that. And they didn't really have much of a margin on the side of the board. And so when the planchette went off to, like, say, an N... We're talking about Kate Blanchett? Yeah. It would go off the board. Kate would just go right off the board. <laughs> that was really fast. And this guy would have to, like, wrangle his pinky around it to keep it up, you know, like from falling oh, off. Oh, I bet he did. And then he'd have to push it back on when it started moving in another place. I'll say yeah. this much about their usage of the Ouija board. They generated a lot of random words that made no sense with any of the questions they were asking. So I think they actually did a pretty good job trying to make it look real because none of the things they came up with actually <laughs> contributed to the investigation whatsoever. Third thing that Tim Wood had in the Wells house is a Dybbuk box. Marissa, are you familiar with the Dybbuk box? Oh, uh-huh, that's not familiar to but I don't know. You might remember as um, I start telling you about it because I remembered it as I started looking it up really quick. Now, what this guy claims is... The two people had the Ouija board on their lap, and between their legs was a Dybbuk box. Okay. Now I'm going to tell you what the Dybbuk box is. (laughs) By the way, the Dybbuk box that they used was open, which was also 
doesn't really jive uh, with the story. I recognized the story of the Dybbuk box once I sort of did a quick Google search. Like the first thing that came back was like, oh, I kind of remember this. I was very confused as to why these two paranormal investigators had an open Dybbuk box on the floor in between their legs under a Ouija board. Okay. So many people think that the Dybbuk box is suspect. And theoretically, only one Dybbuk box exists. This is a wine box that is said to contain a malevolent spirit that is related to the Jewish faith. It rose to prominence in 2012 when a guy sold an object on eBay called a Dybbuk box. In the description on eBay, he had an extensive short story about how and why it was haunted. So he basically had a box (laughs) that he wanted to sell on eBay, and he knew nobody would just buy a box, so he wrote a short story about how haunted the box was. And it kind of became like meme-esque. So, um, oh, I like that word. It is, of course, Mimas. considered that everyone who owned the box after him and prior, according to his story, was afflicted with some sort of terrible misfortune, like losing hair and burning skin and all sorts of stuff. You said losing, uh, not oozing, right? I said losing, yes. Okay, thank you. Oozing hair is gross. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know why one would be- bring one to a ghost hunt unless you're trying to connect with the malevolent spirit in the box. I don't know. The other two things that are pretty common is temperature spikes, right? So they registered a few temperature spikes. It's cool over here. That means there's some sort of presence over here, that sort of stuff. And then, of course, the EVP recordings, which, you know, you can go back to the hum where I talked about sort of infrasonic sound oh, and all that sort of hum. stuff. It's not sarcastic. It wasn't. Again, things are energy. Energy moves in waves. Can you pick up these sound waves? And then when you listen to the sound later, you might be able to detect words in the sounds okay mm-hmm. lastly i want to tell you that there are uh apps in your respective app store <laughs> where you can go out and get a free spirit box or Ooh. a free evp detector that sort of thing so i there did are that probably in-app purchases though guys Don't yes fall. yes you have to be careful and of course there are ads because they're free i was eager to test them in my apartment building and i don't want to spend 70 dollars on a spirit box. By the way, the lady across the hall died, and I'm pretty sure the lady who lived in my apartment before me also died here. So your house is like one big divot box. Is that what you're trying to tell me? No. Okay. There is one in the Android app store that is called Ghost Detector. Nobody has the Android app. <laughs> Nobody. When I ran it, I basically played the spirit box sounds for quite some time and this particular app detects the words for you you don't have to listen to them and try to detect them it uses i don't know some sort of thing and uh the first word that it came up with was poor and the second word that it came up with was army poor army (laughs) i said like is there a spirit in here right now are you like do you intend harm like i was asking questions like that and it came up with poor and army so i don't know guys Some people say that these are scams and that they just generate random four-letter words here and there, that sort of thing. So do it at your own risk, but it is kind of fun, and maybe you want to do a party trick, okay? I want to my own house. (laughs) In your house, I want to. (laughs) I am not done with the Wells house because I live in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. In the summer of 2018, police apprehended Anthony Parker, 33, who was found at the Wells property. Attempting to break in just after 3 a.m., he had a 24-inch sword tied to his waist, a Crown Royal bag with 10 shotgun shells in it, the shotgun, of course, a pocket knife, and a Bible. 
Of course. When police asked him why he was trying to break in the house, he said he was looking for ghosts. Okay. No, of course. So it's good that Marissa and I didn't go yeah, <laughs> to check oh. the property out. But here's the thing, guys. Me and Pete are reckless. That's the thing. Marissa came up in, like, the middle of January. And when she came up, I was like listen to this a little bit about this house and she was like "Ooh, let's go out to it and then again we drank too much and we couldn't drive and then i was like wouldn't it be crazy you know like i, I said oh i looked it up on zillow unfortunately the ghost hunter guy still owns it and it's not on the market that weekend it went up for sale and i only discovered when i looked it up again while researching for this show did i the know house- that we know that? No, no. I found out when I was looking up information for the wow. show. So the house went back on the market for $45,000. And within Thinking a week's time, within Thinking a week's it? time, they cut it to 35000 So you could buy a house in Wilkesbury for $35,000 right now. Wow. Uh, you will have to put in a few windows. And the most unique thing about the Wells house in terms of an exterior is that you know how you put shingles on your roof? It looks like the whole entire exterior is just shingles around the whole house. (laughs) Which, you know, let this be a big commercial for the Wells house. If you're interested, that's 46 South Wells Street in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. You can go out to Zillow or Realtor.com and you can look at pictures of the inside of the house because it's on the market right now, assuming nobody buys it before the time this show comes out. Exciting. I know it sounds like I'm scamming you and trying to contribute to some sort of haunted house hoax of some sort, but I went on to Zillow to get a picture the day after we recorded this, and the house is no longer on the market. Wilkesbury is ripe with many unhappy people. Uh, there's a lot of comments online under the articles that I referenced here. People are like, I'm from that same neighborhood, and I spent nights in that house, and nothing paranormal ever happened. And so this is kind of you the want thing it where... Too bad. Well, this is what I wanted to talk to you about really quickly, Marissa. Do you think that a property can be haunted? Like it's not a really vibrant haunting? Of course. Do you think you could just kind of like have a ghost that just chills in the house and just kind of hides out? (laughs) First of all, a ghost doesn't owe you anything. Just because the house is haunted doesn't mean it needs to do something creepy to every person. It does something creepy when it wants to. Also, some people are more sensitive. I'm not here to make friends. Yeah. Some people are more sensitive than other people. I feel like a place to be haunted, and it doesn't mean every single person that crosses paths with that house needs to experience it. And that was the thing I was thinking with with the Watkins family. I'm like, maybe it just wasn't haunted. Now, here's the thing. When Watkins died, her son, who lives in Orlando now, he is like, I know she's haunting that house. He's like, I knew her, and she loved that house, and she loved those cats. I know that she's haunting that house. And she won't be able to move on until, you know, she finishes with something. And that's what he said. He, it's not, I'm not forgetting details. He was very vague <laughs> about it. And, um, and I was like, well, wouldn't it be sweet to be haunted by a kindly old lady who just wants to take care of her cats, you know? Mm, I don't know. Well, obviously, if you don't hurt one of the cats, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. On top of all of this, just to sort of wrap things up a little bit, as you know, I like to ramble. In the 18th century, there were a lot of killings that were happening in this particular area. 
Fort Wilkesbury was settled in 1776. It was later burned down after the Wyoming Massacre in 1778, only to be rebuilt and burned down again, which is pretty much the cycle of Wilkesbury. Okay. <laughs> Government was working really hard to settle things with the Native Americans in the area and everything like that, but people were constantly dying and being killed in the area. Maybe these people do continue to haunt certain establishments and, and what have you in the area because, you know, there are a lot of people who still experience extreme hardships. Like, perhaps people in the area are haunted by racism and addiction and poverty. <laughs> or maybe, again, it's just the former residents of 46 South Wells Street who are unwilling to move on until they finish some sort of business here on Earth. And for all we know, they have. And you could just pick up a house for thirty-five grand and live in it. Maybe, you got a lot of business. Up maybe they just want to be there, guys. Yeah. I like that. $35 or $35,000, $35 for a house. That would suspicious. be problematic. <laughs> but $35,000 for a house, you know, it's okay to have a couple of roommates that don't physically take up any space. And again, they're catching your daughter falling down the stairs and they're putting her on her feet. Come on. I mean. You can't, you can't pay for that kind of child care. <laughs> a little bit of wish. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, true. So that's yeah. just a little bit you about... You can't pay for the kind of child care a ghost can provide. A ghost can provide. Remember yes, absolutely. that. <laughs> it is priceless. <laughs> com. Mm-hmm. 12 ghosts on there. Mm-hmm. You know what I heard on the podcast? Ghosts, we should try this one out. <laughs> <laughs> that was a fun. So that's, that's it, Marissa. Do you have any questions? I guess I don't have any questions, but I, yeah, I definitely still do want to see the place. Yeah. For so sure. I stopped, I, I drove through the street and I took a picture and I sent it to Marissa so that she could see what we missed. And yeah, there was very little activity. Uh, although a lot of the local people in the area say that a lot of the houses in that area are rentals. And so people come in from New York City or outside of New York City New and they York tend to move City. into those places. And then, yeah, I still live in this place where they're like people from New York are drugged. Like, Basically, the way that Trump talks about people from Mexico, people here talk about people from New York that way. <laughs> yeah, my parents from New York also still live in a place like that. <laughs> it was very fun to investigate this. Now, if you don't mind, I'm going to like ease into a plug a little bit because I'm going to go back and talk about this show, Hellier. Plugs. Which is okay. five episodes. Every episode is at least an hour long. It's an interesting documentary, but at the beginning, they start talking about synchronicities. And there's this bearded-looking guy, and he just looks like a guy who, like, you know, would play bass in a rock band. And he's like, synchronicities, man. Like, once we started looking into this case, all these synchronicities happen. You know, this is what synchronicities are about. And I'm like, you just mean coincidences? Because <laughs> I know it's not as cool a word, but that's what you mean, right? And yeah, that is what they mean. But... I thought that this was a fun instance of coincidences coming together because I had had the place on my brain when Marissa came up and I started thinking about it when I watched this documentary. And then right after that, I watched another documentary on Amazon, which is called Butterfly Kisses. And this is about this is a fun one. It's a documentary crew who is following a guy who finds a found footage documentary that another film student made. So it's a documentary within a documentary within a documentary. Wow. (laughs) And you start watching it and you start to learn a little bit about how these kinds of things are put together and the way that you're supposed to sort of create tension and everything like that. And it's, I'll say the outermost one is a mockumentary. And so in some ways they're sort of poking fun at it. In other ways they're trying to build tension. They don't act like it's real. 
But it was a really okay. interesting story to watch unfold because of the way that it was all taken so seriously. And it actually reminded me a lot of Tim Wood because the guy was trying to create so much drama in this house. And maybe it was there, but it wasn't there the night that he was there. <laughs> And the last thing I want to plug is related to what we just talked about. It's a short story called The Haunted Apartment by Max Cohn, and it was in The New Yorker. And it's just a story about a guy who gets a, quote, pre-war apartment in Brooklyn, and it turns out that it's haunted by a whole family of, I think, like six or seven people. And I just wanted to read you this one part because it sounds... Okay. So this is a little excerpt from The Haunted Apartment by Max Cohn, C-O-H-N. My first sighting occurred when I was in the bathroom shaving one morning. All of a sudden, young Henry lunged through the wall and yelled, Boo, bitch! And then proceeded to do a dab. What? This isn't a New Yorker? When I got over my sheer terror, I couldn't help but wonder, how does this translucent young man wearing Gilded Age attire know what a dab is? Oh, I really like this. And then in parentheses, it says, Turns out the kids were stealing my iPhone to watch Jake Paul videos, so that explained a huge spike in my data usage since I moved in. (laughs) Henry now does this every time I shave. People like this get published. (laughs) Not saying it's bad. I just, I don't mean, oops. Not people like this get published. In the New Yorker? Right. That's what I meant to say. If you and I sat down to write a story like that, we'd be like, this is useless. Nobody wants to publish this. Yeah, no one will consider this. Right. Thank you for listening so, so much, Marissa. But that's the end of my plugs. Pete mentioned the Ouija board. Mm Mm-hmm. So I am going to plug something I've plugged before, but if you didn't do it, I'm going to say it again. Google, I know you're hearing clicks. I'm Googling to make sure what I'm going to say is correct. It's the sound of progress, guys. If you want joy in your life, you need to Google right now. What is Weggy? W-E-G-G-Y board. What is Weggy board? Guys, I got to tell you, I'm not into this sort of stuff. But Marissa was like, you have to watch it. And sometimes Marissa goes, you have to watch it, and you have to watch it. So I'm watching it, and I'm like, all right, this is funny. Yes, it's just, it's all it is, is a, a montage of people incorrectly Googling what is a Ouija board or questions about the Ouija board. But it's like, what is Waggy board? What is a quiche board? Do I need a Luigi board from a vegan? Like, it's just so weird. So please Google that. That is all. That is all my plug. I'm going to watch it the moment we get off. As usual, give us a call at 570-PODWOD1. I'm sorry, as usual, to imply that they give us a call? No, no, no. As usual, this is what we always say. Uh, Also, don't forget to give us five stars on iTunes if you feel that five stars is appropriate. We'll accept four as well. Anything under four, don't bother. Anything, bitches. Do something. No, no, no. We appreciate everybody who has. And yes, for the rest of you, do something. Bitches. Although if you are, if you are someone who is like, I listen to this on Spotify, and I don't want to sign up for an iTunes account just to leave a five star review. I get it. Um. Yeah, I guess that's valid. By the way, did you know you can listen to us on Spotify now? So give that a shot if you are a Spotify user. Maybe we can end up in your year-end stats next year. If only. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a spooky night. Have a spooky Halloween. Happy Halloween. (laughs)